Be it blessed or flourishing or fortunate or fulfilled are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Father, we ask You now that You would take us into Your upside-down kingdom once again and that it would transform us from the inside out. We pray that it would not be merely something we contemplate in a Sunday morning gathering, but that we go out and live. And we just confess, God, we can't even understand this apart from the work of Your Spirit. We don't want this apart from the work of Your Spirit. And there's no chance in the world that we can live this in a world that is the opposite of peace in our hearts that so often are the opposite of peace, in our circumstances. So we just need You, God. We ask You to help us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I was once told one of my most favorite southern sayings, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard this before by someone, and it has, again, a degree of wisdom to it, and here's how it goes. The bulldog could whip the skunk, but it wasn't worth the fight. Right? The bulldog could whip the skunk, but it wasn't worth the fight. So you see what's being said here, right? Yeah, I know I could take that on and win it, but I don't want to get stinky, right? I don't want to get in the middle of the mess. Now, what I want us to imagine, although that has a, a, a level of wisdom to it that we can learn from, is I want us to imagine now that this is an evil skunk. All right? I want you to imagine this is a skunk that is terrorizing your home. I want you to imagine that this is a skunk that is now living under your house, is having babies and is making a big stink everywhere. And you've got an option. You can say, I'm going to choose to live with this stink at this level that's not really totally on me, but it's just around me. Or I'm going to go under the house with whatever weapon you prefer, and I'm going to take on the skunk. Because there comes a point, doesn't there, that when it is worth to fight... And the only way that we're going to make peace or be able to have things set to rights in our world, in our hearts, in our homes is by engaging the fight for peace. But we often are so very hesitant to engage this task of what Jesus calls peacemaking because we know that oftentimes it is going to get way worse before it gets better. It's going to get way messier before things make any improvement. Peacemaking can sound like this sort of holly jolly Christmas idea, but there's a reason why Jesus has it here in this list of very, very countercultural ways of living, and it's because it is hard. Because peacemaking oftentimes does, oftentimes means this sort of, do I want to fight this skunk situation? The thing about God, though, is He looks down from heaven upon a world that He's created, a world that He created to be good, a world that He created where there was to be peace. Peace with Him, peace in ourselves, peace with one another, peace with all of creation. This was His goal in the beginning. This is how He created the world. And yet we, humanity, chose to sort of say, God, we can do this without You. We don't need your way. We don't need your will in our life. We will take it from here. And through humanity's rebellion, a world was set totally into disorder, into disarray, and into the opposite of peace. It doesn't take long until this, this disruption of humanity's call for independence 
leads not only to humanity being thrown out of the very perfect presence of God, but to murder and to evils beyond things that we would want to talk about in a public setting like this. And we can imagine God setting up there thinking, you know, why should I get involved? Why should I stay involved? Why should I let myself be touched personally even more than I already have by that mess, by that stink? And in Jesus' day, we see that the, the stink, the mess, was high. As Jesus preaches this sermon known as the Sermon of the Mount, He preaches it again into this culture where it's anything but peaceful to those who want to tell it like it is. Now, of course, there was what we know of as the Pax Romana, or Pax Romana, the peace of Rome that Rome was bringing throughout the empire. But this was a peace that came only by their great control. Yeah, there's peace for you if you do what we say. And here's how we keep the peace. If you don't do what we say, we'll nail you to a cross in front of everyone. It was the peace that the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, had made with this cruel empire and even had made within their own religious evil institution. By calling people merely to obey their rules and everything would be okay. So the story went like this in Jesus' day. Peace either comes through shutting yourself up or through shutting others up. These were sort of the two options. Here's how we have peace. I shut you up, or I shut up. And into that world, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. It's calling us to believe that making peace is worth the fight. But to get there, we first have to acknowledge our resistance to peace. Now we would think this is one of the Beatitudes that stands, stands out and is different. We're like, Jesus, I'm not really sure this is very countercultural. Blessed are the peacemakers. Doesn't everyone in our world want peace? Don't we all just want to sing, let's give peace a chance? You know, can't we just all get along? It wouldn't be great if we were all just happy. I mean, we seem to think that everybody wants peace. But I believe it's exactly the opposite. I believe Jesus sees this here, is we don't really want peace. What we really want is our power. What we really want is our preferences. What we really want is our comfort. Peacemaking is not the same as comfort. We seem to think peace is, is just this inner calm that I'm going to have in my life. We seem to think that peace is just going to be when everything is, is how it should be around me so that I can feel nice and warm and safe. We think peacemaking is the absence of conflict. Now, hopefully your mind even begins to go through this. This is, this is the exact opposite of how Jesus lived His life. Peacemaking is not without conflict. We might think peacemaking is without cost, but no, peacemaking requires great cost. And peacemaking is not about our control. I think if we're honest that when we define peace or peacemaking, whether it be from the world or the church or in our own hearts, it's really do we just want everything to be under control so we can be comfortable. 
It's like bedtime at our house sometimes. My precious children are in here with us this morning. You would think that this is a new concept that we come up with. It's time to go to bed. What are you talking about? I mean, we've only did this every day for your whole life. And it's as if, well, we, let's learn it again, right? Here's this, this strange new instrument called a toothbrush. We need to use this again. You know, here's, here's your bed, and here's this certain time that's on the clock. This is when we go to bed. And in my, in my heart starts to, to rage in all of these other ways that have been the opposite of the, fruits of the Beatitudes and the fruits of the Spirit. But as I thought about this, I, I, I heard these words come out of my mouth that I think I've heard come out of my dad's mouth when I was growing up and doing those things and worse. Is, Can't we just have some peace around this house? Peace, you know, am I wanting peace through teaching my children good life skills? Am I wanting peace so that, so that they learn to trust the authority that God has placed in their life in healthy ways? You know what? I really, want, I really just want them to be quiet so I can go lay down and do what I want. I want my time. Right? It's 9 o'clock. It's me time. I don't want peace. I want things to be under control so that I can experience the comfort I feel like I'm entitled to receive. If we want to be peacemakers and receive this Word from our Lord today, we've got to all be honest about what our desires for peace are. Do you really just want control? Do you really just want comfort? Are you really just saying, God, I don't care what's wrong with the world. I don't care what's happening outside of my bedroom right now, as long as they'll be quiet. I don't care what's happening outside in my neighborhood right now, as long as I get my comfortable little space. I don't care what's happening in the newspaper, on the news, in the world, just as long as right here, I'm happy. We want control. God, help this to get, I mean, to get over this. I don't want to make peace. I just, I just want this conversation to be over with so I can get on with my life. I don't want this to have to cost me. Can we just not come up with some policies in our government? Can we not just come up with some documents for our church? Can we not just come up with some rules for our workplace or our home so that everything is just in order even if it never gets to the heart of the matter. Some of us just don't want conflict. Let's just pretend everything's okay. Let's just all be happy. But Jesus is calling us to something bigger, to something better. And to be peacemakers, we first have to understand what peace is. And when we talk about peace, we're talking about this this Old Testament, not just word, but way of God in the world known as shalom. Alright, so we usually don't use these $5 words here. But this one you can hang on to, shalom. And it's not talking about just an inner calm. It's not talking about a controlled environment so that you don't have any discomfort in your life. 
It's talking about the world set to the way it was supposed to be. Shalom is peace. It is God's order. You see, when we think about peace, we're not thinking just about a feeling that we experience. We're, thinking, we're talking about the world being reordered back to the way God intended in the very beginning. We're talking about all things being set to rights with God, with ourselves, so that we experience a peace that passes all understanding that's deeper than a feeling. It's based on the rule of God in our heart. A peace that rules in our relationships so that we treat one another with love, respect, and dignity, and honor, and truth. And a peace that invades the world of all peoples, places, and times. Peace is a beautiful, beautiful picture that is so much bigger than you just having a space where you get what you want and nobody bothers you. This is what we're being called to. This is why this is not an exception to this list of countercultural ways of being. This is why this may be the most countercultural one we know. So we embrace the role of a peacemaker. So if peace fundamentally is things being set to the right way that God ordered the world, then what, what is a peacemaker? How might we think about what any answer would be right? You want peace with your spouse? roommate, with your children, with your co-workers, with people, with countries in the world, with states in the country, with you name it. This need is big. This need is big. Peacemakers are those who go out into the world and say, I am going to take responsibility to seek to work to make that relationship be set to right. And that is not easy. To me, this feels almost impossible, especially when we consider what peacemakers are not. So if a peacemaker is just basically one who works for peace, first of all, they're not a peace killer. Okay, so they're not someone who says, I'm going in here on the attack. I'm going to go in here and I'm just going to blow this thing up. So we're talking about that we have to fight to make peace, but we're fighting to make peace. We're not fighting to just control things for our own comfort. So Rome was taking this attack. We're, we're the peace of Rome. Yeah, if they're dominating and conquering the world and getting what we want. And also there were a group of people, Jesus called one of them to be His disciple from this group known as the Zealots or the Insurrectionists or the Revolutionaries. So these were the guys who say, we're going to bring peace to Israel by overthrowing Rome through violent attack. They were the violent protesters. They were the, the angry mob. the terrorist with good motives. But also, peacemakers are not peacekeepers. Oh, in the religious South, this is what we love. Peacekeepers. And you know where we really love peacekeepers? In the church. Well, you know, we really don't need to talk to sister so-and-so about that, you know, because they would get angry and, you know, it's really just not worth it. You know, or we don't need to talk to brother so-and-so because, you know, they did a lot of good things. You know, let's just keep everybody happy. Jesus here is not saying, blessed are the peacekeepers. That may be hard for some of us in here to, to embrace who really don't like conflict. 
And I'll be the first one to raise my hand on that. I don't like conflict. But Jesus is not saying blessed are the peacekeepers who say there's a skunk living under our house, but we've lived with this smell for many years and everything's been okay, so there's no need in dealing with it. Also, the peace compromisers, the avoiders, they're distinct from the peacekeepers who just want to appease people. Let's figure out how to make everybody happy. Now, they just want to avoid it totally. It's not really that bad. This is where a lot of our marriages, our relationships get stuck, is because we say, it's not really that bad. Let's go get ice cream. Let's watch a movie, and it'll blow over tomorrow. And the peace counterfeiters who say, let's talk about this for five minutes. Let's call a meeting about this and be done with it. Well, we dealt with it. We were responsible adults. But we really don't want to do the hard work. We put a band-aid on the cancer so we can get back to life. In the face of these, peacemakers are the opposite. They're honest. Versus those who are just going for appearances. They, they say, this is a real area of lack of reconciliation. Chris, click to the next verse. In the history of God's people, we've seen people who just want to, to live in denial. Jeremiah 6.14 Jeremiah speaks out against false prophets. It said, They have healed the wound of my people lightly. They put the band-aid on the cancer, saying, Peace, peace, where there is no peace. Peacemakers are honest. This is why peacemakers are often called troublemakers in our world, in our churches, and in our country. Peacemakers are actually usually called the opposite of peacemakers. They're called troublemakers. They're called divisive. Because they're honestly the ones who will say, hello, do we not all see this right here? Do we not see the dead bodies we're sweeping under the carpet and continue to trip over? But they're not just honest, they're humble. So versus the avoiders... who just want to pretend it's not that bad, they're humble enough to listen and learn versus wanting to just have control. We see this in Ephesians 4, 2, and 3. As God's people are instructed to live with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So there's a humility. There's a gentleness. Because some of you like that honest part too much, right? You're like, yeah! Let's just, all right, so it's not just honesty. We've got to have that. But then there's humility. All right, we're going to say, here's all the dead bodies on the floor or under the carpet or under, the, under our house or the skunks. But now we're going to have the humility to learn, right? Okay, we've got a bunch of skunks under our house. I know what we're going to do. We're going to put a bomb under there. Time out. You're going to blow up the whole house and kill everybody in it. So there's the humility, right? I'm going to listen and learn the best way to deal with this issue. I'm going to listen to these people who are involved. I'm going to listen to those whom I may have hurt or who may have hurt me. So they're honest, they're humble, but they're also bold. Peacemakers aren't just about a certain type of personality. 
Again, peacemakers are some of the most bold people in the world that we're all called to be.